Okay, people. So we are starting day three of Final Girls Berlin. And again, people, we are coming with the shorts and a feature film. So if you are ready, people, I think, um, yeah, let's get it all underway. Okay, people, so day three opens up with the queer horror short block. So this is the blurb. Back again and teeming with the witchy, the blasphemous, the campy, and the socially probing. Our queer horror shorts offer something for ghouls of all persuasions. A colourful hodgepodge of ailing nuns, gating werewolves, zombies, vampires, spirits, and trashy sci-fi monster seduction. Trusses await you. And people, our first offering is gay teen well. Okay, so today we have gay teen werewolf. Yes, that's right, people. You heard it here first. So this is the new short from Andy Rose Fidoten. Uh, the gist is this. The gay teen werewolf has a problem. It's not that she's queer, an adolescent. <coughs> oh, my gosh. Apologies, people. Or an 80s horror movie cliche. It's not even that she's in high school. The problem is that she... that. The problem is that Gay Teen Werewolf has a crush on a vampire. Bum, bum, bum. So I did like this one, right? And especially, it. so we, we kind of start off with like some comic book-esque imagery. And then one of these pages, we kind of get the real life visualization of that page which is kind of fun you know and yeah it's this uh, this odd kind of exploration right and the, the weird thing is that we see these all these posters be like um werewolves welcome and just all of this right which is interesting because you're like oh okay Right, so this isn't the hidden thing, but then you can see, even in a world of uh, mythic creatures, right, there, there is still the longing for acceptance, right? And we can see that our gating werewolf, she is battling, right? She she wants to be, you know, with this one girl. She keeps on picturing her, imagining her, and, you know, it's driving her to a distraction. But, you know, she has her girlfriend who she hangs out with, and you and, and you see this conflict because you can see that the girlfriend is all about one thing, and she's not quite there, 
she's not quite into that. It, it's like, you know, in school with your cliques, right? The, the athletes, the chess nerds, just, you know, those cliches, right? And it's not being able to go in between. And sometimes you're like, yeah, but I like sport. I like chess, you know? And, and that's what this is. So it is interesting how all of this is being shown to us, you know? And as I say, you, you get it. You believe in all of this that's going down. You know, her, her parents are like, oh, we want you to come on the hunt with us. But she's just like, oh, man, I, I just don't want this shit. You know what I mean? She, she wants to be with this one girl. And I think we kind of get some closure at the end. Not quite, but you can see that there is an, a, a form of an acceptance, right? Which is, you know, you're like, all right, I'm down. Yeah, it's only 14 minutes, so it's only so much. But the way the scenes are captured, the way, you know, a lot of the inner thinkings of our gating werewolf come to life, it's very good. It's done very well, you know. It is really done very well. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a fun short that a lot of people would enjoy, you know. It's not forcing anything on people, but even if you're not a werewolf yourself, you can look at this and I feel you can understand, you know, everything that our lead is going through. So, people, there you go, gain gating werewolf. Right? We don't have any other information on, you know, the, the cinematography or the, you know, the makeup, the costume, like, no, nah, don't have that, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I would say it is definitely worth a look. Next up is Itch, and this is from a first-time director. Okay, people, so Protection Spell is the new film from Marin Moreno, right? Um, I think she directed and wrote it. There is little information, unfortunately. Uh, now, we do know that the hag... No, I think Moreno plays the hag in the film, and the maiden is played by... A girl called Sophie. That's all we know. <laughs> Even on her social media, she's just down as Sophie, right? So, um, yeah, that's all we can say. So, the the gist is stricken with a mysterious vi, vi bleh, stricken with a mysterious vaginal ailment. A witch must call upon the help of a powerful hag, and um. Yeah, this is it's an interesting one, right? So we have this, let's say the maiden, the witch, whatever, you know. She wakes up in the morning, goes to the bathroom. And we, we see her realizing something isn't quite right, right? Now, I will say... <laughs> because 
after thinking, all right, something weird has happened, she just stands up and pulls pulls up her shorts. And you're just like, yo, kid, surely you're going to wipe, right? Or it's the morning, jump in the fucking shower. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jump in the shower. Because once you look down the toilet and see what is there, it is not a pretty sight, right? So, boom, straight. It's the shower. And also, it's the morning. Shower, right? What are you doing? But, yeah, she's outside. Goes outside. Now, we're not. I'm not quite sure if it's a back garden or just a local park. But, again, we see her. I mean, she's only in boxer shorts and a vest top, right? So, you're thinking... Okay, but she puts her hands down the drawers and pulls out <coughs> her hand with just some funkiness all over it, which, I mean, we see a sniff it, fair, but you kind of feel something like that, you probably would be smelling and you wouldn't need to smell it multiple times, firstly. <laughs> but the thing being, right, after this, we see her eat cake with the same hand that's been down the drawers, covered in all sorts of gunk. And it's just like, yo, kid, what are you doing? Like this, oh, shit, this ain't good. This ain't good, but... Yeah, it's a it's an odd little film, you know, just um, kind of looking at the things she does to try and rectify the problem. Right, it's just about seven and a half minutes. At no point do we see her, you know, because firstly, right, you think you're going to the doctors <laughs> or something. I mean, shower. Doctors, that would be the thing. Not let me go outside and see if I can fill some condoms with some weirdness. <laughs> you know, but hey, that's what she decided to do. Um, as I said, look, this is quirky, it's odd, it doesn't really make any sense, but if you want something just insane to uh you know chill with then, um, yeah, maybe protection spell is, uh, is a ticket for you, okay? Okay, so we get a little bit bonkers now, and it's time for protections. Okay, people, so up next is itch this is um yeah it's from first time director susanna barugia right she's a, a maltese director um now in the uk you know uh she wrote and directed this it is um, produced by Catherine Colburn um, with Faruga and Dan H. Executive Producing. 
Cinematography is from Mark James. Um, Faruga and Colburn both edited the film. And Lee Powell handled the casting. Chelsea Murphy was on makeup. Art was uh, supervised by Joseph Frasina. Um, Oliver Colburn handled the sound. Um, also with help in the, um, you know, electricals and all of that from Samuel uh, Gumayarians, Valdez Galbinuskas, even Evangelin Perkins, Kutubu Poot. Arty Trickenand um, with Tracy Thomas on wardrobe. Woo! Our cast, we've got Alexandra Doling as Sister Agatha, Lauren O'Dar as Sister Jude. Um, playing the Mother Superior, we have got Shania Govan. And Christopher Saul is Father Paul. So, um, yeah, there you go with that. Now, we also, um, you know, hunting around for information, I did stumble across a director statement, which I think is interesting. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Faruga, you know, she was in the UK doing her master's degree in film directing at Met Film School. Um, she finished last year, you know, and this was filmed as part of her final MA project in film directing. Um, she says, this is the first short film I have directed outside of school exercises, originally set in Malta and written in Maltese. I had to adapt the script as COVID-19 traveling restrictions made it impossible to shoot in Malta and get Maltese talent. Therefore, we shot the film in London during lockdown. Regardless, the film is quintessentially Maltese in terms of cultural identity, as Malta is one of the most Roman Catholic countries in the world. And being Maltese, I cannot help but frame the way I write and direct with the same Christian anxiety that I have been raised with. The vast majority of the film was funded by myself and Maltese patrons through Indiegogo, who donated to support one of the few independent Maltese filmmakers there are and help bring Maltese cinema to international audiences. While filming in lockdown was not easy in the least, it did allow me to be authentically myself when um, directing queer subtextual scope of the film, a coded message that only queer people would understand. The female gaze of attraction, seduction, and rejection, which drives the actress's 
performance is boiling under the surface, inspired by my own experiences of hopeful glances and the vast but niche genre of non-sploitation, I wanted to invert the filmmaker's gaze by looking at the lesbianism through a feminine lens rather than the fetishist gaze that the genre is known for. The film subverts the non-sploitation genre by playing with its tropes such as alienation, claustrophobia, religious guilt that results in masochistic Massa, masochistic, masochistic rituals and lesbianism in a suppressive environment while respectfully portraying them with honesty and planting them firmly within realism. I live with severe lifelong eczema in the most literal sense. I have never felt comfortable in my own skin. My skin is a separate parasitic entity whose purpose in life is to make me suffer. Scratched, scarred, stretched, and perpetually scabbing every other minute, the need to scratch overwhelms every other thought I may have. Therefore, I wanted to sublimate this horrific experience into a horror. Sister Jude's psychological dissonance materializes through synesthetic self-injury in the form of extreme scratching. Even though she cannot admit her conflicting feelings, her body portrays her by making them incarnate. The rash speaks the truth of her torment, forcing her to acknowledge the itch she cannot scratch her sexual desires. The film contrasts the minimalist, pure life of a Roman Catholic sisterhood that is based on chastity, poverty, and obedient with the harsh imagery of horror in order to reflect the character's inner disord and her binary black and white thinking of good and evil, heaven and hell, purity and filth. So, yeah, no, I thought that was, you know, interesting because I did think that a lot of that did come across in the film, right? I don't think you have to be gay to get it. Right. I, I, you know, it, it is a, a good metaphor like that itch that can't be, you know, can't be satisfied, can't be sated. Because if you're repressing your feelings, you're never really addressing the thing. So I thought that all does come across. And then when we have the, um, you know, inner workings of Sister Jude's mind come to life for us, right? You can see all these different imageries and thoughts. And I thought that's very well projected, you know? So as a first feature, each, you know, 
I, I feel it's done very well, right? I, I think that Susanna Farugia can definitely, um, you know, she should feel very happy. And I know that's always a tough thing because it's always tough looking at your work and going, ah, yeah, I think that's as good as I could have done. Right. There's always going to be these thoughts of I wish I could have changed that. And, you know, especially with the fact she wanted it to be in Maltese. Right. So there will be this. But as a first piece, you know, which you funded yourself for, for the majority. Yeah, there was some help from Indiegogo. But, you know, I mean, she did all of this herself. And this is huge. This is huge. And I, I as I said, look. The story, the imagery, all of that does come across. I wasn't quite sure if I bought the action at the end fully. But I get it. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I, I would say this is, you know, this is definitely worth checking out. You know, it is... About eight and a half minutes. It's nothing crazy, but uh, yeah, it, it works. It definitely works. So, um, congratulations to everyone involved, people, you know, and yeah, definitely. Um, follower, her Instagram is in the um episode info. Yeah, follower and uh, check out itch. It's time to be careful, people, because we're going to be entering Sundown Town. Okay, so Sundown Town. This is the new film from Milo Butler. He co-writes it with Jada Luter. Um... It is produced by Tamia Bailey and Yagara Paul. Uh, Butler handles the cinematography. Yasina Sanchez edits the film. Um, and Anthony Amarelli handles the sound. So we have Bryce, who is played by Tashan Thornton. And Mitchell, who's played by Michael Haggerty. Uh, there are the police officers who are played by Michael Mazzone and Chris Myers. Then there is Isaiah, who is played by Andre L. Pierce. Roger, played by Cameron Silver. And Dottie, played by Tony silver we don't really get these people's names in the film they're just there um then there is also kyle who's played by alec lagitos um and he's the gas station attendant so um yes there you have it the gist of the film is this bryson mitchell's trip home is disrupted after making a pit stop in a mysterious, unwelcoming town. So, I mean, we've had similar stories like this, right? So there was um, Horror Noir 
on uh, Shudder last year, you know, the anthology, which had a story called Sundown, which dealt with similar things. We kind of seen similar things in Lovecraft Country. It's not necessarily an original story, but it is handled differently than the sundown in horror noir or how things were depicted in Lovecraft Country, right? And that's the thing with storytelling. There are only so many stories, kind of, right? But it's just the way we interpret them and um, visualize, right? So we have Bryce and Mitchell, they're driving, right? So we learn later on they're driving home. I think they said from California to coming back to New York. Right. Um, and we we have them at the start kind of, you know, just interacting, talking. You know, Bryce is drawing a picture of Mitchell. It's just all nice. They realize they um they need to stop off, get some snacks, get some petrol. So they do. But as they're doing this, a Bryce he starts to see some things, right? Not great things. Starts to see some things. And, um, yeah, it, it goes from there. I mean, I will say, I, I did find it interesting that Bryce doesn't voice this stuff to Mitchell. Because, I mean, like, if you're in a, a, a relationship like this, I kind of feel... Right? Yet you got to be aware of some of the shit that goes with it. Right? Because, you know, I don't know. Right? You, you listen, there, there's places which don't have as much racism as others. But if you're traveling around, right, you're going to come across shit. You're going to come across shit. Right? So, yeah, I, I, I thought it was like, ah. They're doing that thing, right, where one person stays quiet and doesn't voice the things that are going on, which is always, it's a little odd. Now, if they had only just started dating, it's a, it's a, you could think, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. You might think, I don't want them to feel I'm going crazy or something, right? But we don't really know any of that. But yeah, he, he's seeing things. And everything kind of unfolds, right? I will say, Mitchell's reactions to some of the comments made, although, right, you'd want that in maybe a different environment. Not this one, right? I, I, it is a bit like, ow. Son, what are you doing? Right? You know what I mean? Like, you know this don't go well if you act in a certain way. So there, there were some interesting, you know, takes on where the story went. But, yeah, I, I was curious how they would relay all of this information, how they would take us through this journey. And, you know... There was there's, there's always some satisfaction when things happen a certain way. And yeah, I'd say this was, a, you know, 
anyway, it was a it was a good showing, right? It was a, a, a decent um take on this sort of tale, you know. Um, I thought it was shot well, right? It was shot well, like um. Yeah, I, I kind of thought you you felt the interactions in the car between the two of them, all of that. It, you know, it it made sense or that kind of thing. You obviously you think that um, some people would use different language, but you can understand why that language isn't necessarily used. Right, right, but uh, yeah, sundown town, right? It's always a you know an odd topic to touch on because it definitely makes you know it's not necessarily a nice situation, right? It makes you uncomfortable, but that's not bad thing for a story, you know. So yeah, if you enjoyed Lovecraft Country, if you enjoyed horror noir. Um, I would say that Sundown Town is for you. So, people, check it out. And and I think it definitely shows, um, you know, I, th I think it shows Milo's um, competency behind the camera, you know? So, yeah, there you go, people. Sundown Town. <laughs> Okay, and now we have new flesh for the old ceremony. Well, I've got to say, this one, it, it's really something, people, right? So, uh, new flesh for old ceremony. And to tell you the truth, I don't fully know what just happened. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. But, god damn, right? So this is written and directed by Elizabeth Rakhilkina. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, okay? She also produces the film along with Lesia Ducktan, um, Alexander Rakhilkina, um, pr executive producers, um, Matthew Erickson, line producers, and Adja Evans, coordinating producings. Um, Stefan Nashman handles the cinematography. It is edited by Morgan Gu and Joe Shafar. Sarah Moskowitz handles production design. Set decoration is from Olivia Kruger. Um, makeup is Anastasia Samulovov. Uh, production management is John uh, Chidi. Sound is Samson Jita. And Chat Gunter. Visual effects are Joe Shafar. Um, 
And yeah, our cast, it is a very small cast, but we have a Virginia who is played by Leanna Hutchinson and her lover who doesn't get a name, right? But she is played by Anna Maria Jamolka. And then we have our milk woman who is played by Catherine Curtin. The gist of the film is this. A, les a lesbian revi rev reverie, reverie, yes, a lesbian reverie set amidst the backwoods of New England. New flesh for old ceremony explores the physicality of grief through a macabre fable about a woman whose life is devoured by and then possesses their beloved pack of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yo, when you read that, you're like, yo, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and you know me, people. I do not read the synopsises before I check out a film. So, yeah, I was <laughs> definitely... I nearly didn't watch this one because it is listed as subtitled, right? Which usually means it's a foreign film. Um, luckily, I, you know, I, mean, I, I always seem to try and double-check stuff. And um, it's in English. But there are subtitles. Um, subtitles aren't the best. They're yellow. Right, so they they mm, they fade into the background, but this film, people, whew. so it opens up with Virginia and her lover, um, yeah, making love, right, and it it's like you know what I mean? It, it's not like oh, let's see everything, right? But you you can tell they're very passionate. They're very passionate. And then once over, you've got, you know, the lover talking with the dogs and Virginia comes over and they're just, it's this very nice moment, right? And, and we see them like in these different connections, you know, they're outside and Virginia reads a poem, reads a lover a poem. And she is just transfixed by it right it's not it's a nice little thing you know um so we have this and she goes she goes away virginia is in the kitchen she's cooking and stuff and then we have her trip over right and you then assume she's fallen over a dog, one of the dogs, right? Those dogs get underfoot. And these are little dogs, you know what I mean? Goddamn little dogs, right? And she's laughing. But then suddenly it changes, right? And everything is out of view. We're kind of just looking at Virginia's face. So it's all... <laughs> Uh, 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 and that sudden change, and we're watching, it's just like, yo, what, what, what the fuck is going on? What is happening here? 
you know, and the sound of the dogs change as well. And it's just like, yo, what the fuck, man? What is, yo, you know what I mean? And you're just like, oh. And so the film goes from there. And, ooh, it is because although, right, it's very kind of autumnal in, you know, color scheme, right? But the, the start of the film, there is a, a vibrancy, a lightness to it all. And this definitely changes in the second half of this film, right? Which, yeah, of course, it makes sense, right? But we have this change, this changing feel. And, um, yeah, so, you know, it's it's now the lover trying to deal with it. We see how it hits her. Oh, it hits her like a truck, right? So we see this. And, yeah, like, you know, this milk woman is there. And, god damn, this woman is obnoxious. Obnoxious? Obnoxious? No, oh, yeah, it's ob mm, obnoxious, right? And we're just like, yo. And, and, and you know, the love is trying to keep it together. But we, we see her fall back on their interactions, they, their, their moments, these blissful things in their life, right? And it's just, you know, it, it, it's like mantras, you know, using things that were said to kind of keep that love, like, inside, you know? And it's just, oh, it's heart-wrecking. It really is, right? It, this short little fucking film, right? It, it's not long. It's like, what? I think it's like 12 minutes, right? Yeah, just about 12 and a half minutes. And it, 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 it just, oh, it takes you through the ringer. It really does just watching this poor lady deal with the situation and find ways to stay close to the memory of and then try to deal with it all, right? Now, might not be the way anyone else deals with this shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> it definitely might not be that, but this film, it, there is a beauty to this film. There really is, right? You you just become captivated by it all, right? Just the the way these characters move and inhabit the space, the lighting, the feel, the vibe, the essence. It is just. You know, we get the poem at the start, but just the whole thing together feels, you know, like poetry, like a, a graceful swan just moving through the water. You know, it, this is it is so good, 
right? It's so good. But you do wonder, like, how did fuck did this thing happen? You know, but people, 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 I gotta say, if you have the opportunity to go see a new flesh for old ceremony, then I highly, I highly recommend that you do. And our last offering is another one that's a little bizarre. It is a monster dike. Okay, so Monster Dike is the new film from uh, directing and writing duo Kay Adelaide and Meryl. Chamel, right? Um, yeah, so in this film, right, it is, uh, as I said, they wrote, both wrote and directed it, um, they produced it. Music is from Q Varo, cinematography is Naomi Silva Vezina, it is edited by the, you know, our duo, Adelaide and Sharp. Um, Stephanie Burbano handles production design. And um, it's a very short cast, right? So Adelaide is actually in it. She plays the sculptress. And Colin Lloyd is Brett, you know, the voice that we hear throughout this so uh yes oh, there you go people there you go um yeah there's boy i mean yeah you know it's a, it's an interesting one right the the gist of the uh film is a transgender sculptress who is unhappy with her experiences dating men as a lesbian awakening when a monster sculpture she is making comes to life and rocks her world uh it it does Definitely put a new spin on loving what you create. You know what I mean? Whew. Like, so yeah, we have this sculptress. And, you know, she's on the phone. This dude, Brett. And, like, you got to say, right? He calls to ask if she's coming over. And then, <laughs> it's like, what he says is... Just like you're like, um, does that like does that work? You know what I mean? Because it's pretty insulting. And you're like, wait, do you think someone's gonna come over after you say that? Like, urgh. you know what I mean? Like, so you might think it, but to voice it, and then also, right? When you look at what he says, <laughs> it's obviously a lie because you're making the phone call. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, she puts down the phone. She's goes to finish working on the sculpture. When 
a little thing starts to happen, right? And um, yeah, like yeah, got it. Like you, you wonder because it's like the sculpture is made of clay, so wouldn't it taste of clay? Right? There, there's, there's a, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting tale. I guess if you're a fan of anime, right, and uh, tentacles and all of that, then, I, I, yeah, I, I think you'll look at this and be like, okay, all right. You know, the stuff, we're, the cartoons we're watching have come to life. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty simple piece, you know, it's, um, what, just about four and a half minutes, slightly under, but yeah, it's not a long one, it's not a long one, people, um, it's definitely not as long as those tentacles, you know what I mean, but yeah, it, it definitely gets its point across, you know, definitely gets its point across, right, so it's a simple one, but boom, it tells a story. Tells a story like um, you know, you are replaceable, I guess. You know what I mean? So watch what you say. If you are rude, you will be replaced. Right? So hey, as I said, if you like tentacle stuff in anime, then uh this could be for you. And if you've liked the the this duo's previous work you know um there's yeah they were i think they i, I believe I, I yeah i i feel that they had a um a piece at last year's festival you know um don't text back oh well actually yeah yeah no that was last year's yeah um and they also worked on Bleed for Me that same year, which again, but they both both of those films showed last year's festival, and both both were very good. You know what I mean? Both were yeah, both were definitely very good. So you know, this is an interesting follow up to Don't Text Back. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, so yeah, if you've liked those things. Then yeah, people, Monster Dyke could well be. Okay, people, we have another Irish feature for you. So let's end today with that, shall we? Okay, people. So if you're in Berlin this Saturday, you got to see. The new film from Kate Dolan, which is You Are Not My Mother. So Dolan directed and wrote the feature. It is produced by Deirdre Levins. Uh, its cinematography was Narian Van Miel. It's edited by John Cutler. Uh, it's just over an hour and a half. Okay, it's uh, a North, Northern Ireland feature, and it is starring, well, we've got Hazel Dupe, she plays Shah, 
which is an abbreviation of Charlotte, right? I, I've, I've seen a load of people called Char, right? And I've always been like, huh, what is that short for? And they say it in the film. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, dear, oh, dear, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but um, she lives with her gran, Rita, who is played by Ingrid Craggy. Um, there is her mother, um who's Angela, played by Caroline Bracken, and Angela's brother, Aaron, who's played by Paul Reed. Um, her teacher at school is Miss Devlin. She's played by Jade Jordan. Uh, there's a girl who, yeah, you know, goes to a school called Suzanne, played by Jordana jones um then there are the other school kids kelly is played by katie white amanda who is played by florence adabambu there's jamie played by colin peppard and frank who is actually frank susan's dad who's played by martin o'sullivan uh, there's Officer Jenny, who's played by Afy Spratt. Um, yeah, all right. And there's a tour guide who is played by Maddie O'Carroll. So, um, yes, uh, the music is from Di Hickson. So, um, that's the film. Now, the gist is this, okay? Uh, yes, what is the gist of the film? Right, so, um, yeah, as I said, look, it's, it's set in a a Northern Irish, North, sorry, not Northern, North Dublin housing estate, right? And young Shah is at, Odds with her grandmother, Rita, after her mother, Angela, briefly goes missing, only to return soon afterward with a radically changed personality. So it starts off, right? It's all dark, all very dark. And we have a, a woman with a baby. And then suddenly we see the baby in a pram on its own, then a woman comes, the woman comes back, but she's kind of shuffling, takes the baby, puts it on the ground, and then sets a fire, and we're like, what, what the fuck, what's happening here, this is, uh, this ain't right, this ain't right, and, yeah, it's, it's all a bit, you know, um, we jump forward now. We jump forward and you've got a girl, right? Girl, school age. She's late for school. She She's trying to get a lift off her nan. And, uh, and nan's like, um, oh, so ask your mum. And then we realise, oh, right, these are, these people grown up. 
but you're like, what about the kid though? <laughs> In fire? What the fuck? What happened? Right? There's so many questions that you have. But the kid, like this shark, she does not want to get a mum. Doesn't want to get a mum. And so you're like, oh, what's going on? Right. And the mum, I she seems very lethargic, very off. And you're just there's this curiosity about what we're seeing. And I think there's a lot of assumptions that you make, right? There's a lot of these weird assumptions that you make about what could be going on. And the mum is, is like acting weird in the car, right? And when she's at school, sounds like she's a great student. You know, teacher likes her. Looks like she's got a lot of potential, but, right? There's always a but. The other school kids, mm, not so much, right? They're not really feeling young, Shah. So, you, you can see there's these odds going on, right? But you can also see she, when the teacher's like, hey, you did good today and talks to her, you can see she kind of lights up, right? And you just be like, oh, shit. This kid's like really lacking attention. Like she really just wants someone to care about her. You know, and you you see the home life and there just seems a dysfunction there. But there's something else and it is, it is hard to put your finger on it, right? Because, as I said, look, she's not... I know, there seems like a wedge between her and her gran, you know? And there's there's just something you're watching it and there's this unease you feel this real unease about watching this film right something is wrong and you just don't know but we're seeing certain events go down right like um you know things with the mum right and you you wonder are people being held prisoner? Is this a cult? Like, what? what is happening here? Right? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? You know, obviously, it's never that simple. But you're, you're thinking, like, I don't know, right? Well, where is this going? Like, who am I rooting for? You know, and it's just very intriguing. And as things unfold, you kind of see that there is, I don't know, there, there, there's these connections that you can't just can't quite put your finger on it, right? There's connections between other families in the stream, right? We learn other things that have happened. And we what you wonder, oh, is this connected? Right? What, what's happening here? Is this a Buffy hell mouth? Like, what, what's going on in this place, man? And it's, oh, like, I don't know. I, th I think in the last 
half an hour, 40 minutes, things really, because it's creepy, it's weird, it's ominous, right? But nothing particularly scary happens. But then we start to see some things, right? Some certain things happen. Firstly, there are other ways to make yourself sick. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's all I can say about that. There are other ways to make yourself sick. And, you, you, oh, man, it, there's this bit that you watch and you're just like, was that real? Or was that CGI? Like, how the fuck did they do that? Because that does not look good. I know, man, it did not look pleasant. So th these things start to happen and you're just like, um, <laughs> like which direction is this film taking us? Because this is this is a little off key. This is definitely a little off key. So yeah, these these weird things are happening, and then the film really revs itself up. And I think at first there is a wonder of which way it's going to go. Because I think when when we've heard about these certain things in the past, in previous films and all of that, it is usually a certain type. But yeah, they kind of switched it up here. They kind of switched it up, which was fun. And you are definitely... Ooh. Yeah, there, there's this level of uh, surprise at the end. There's a level of surprise at the end. You are, you know, I think there is a fallout that you think, oh, wh where would you go now? Like, where can you go from this? You know? But, oh, this film, it's just, yeah, it is, it is definitely unsettling. Right? Dolan um, uses darkness very well. Like it is, there are points of the film which are a little too dark, it's a little hard to see. Had to rewind a little bit just to be like, Yo, what just happened there? Like, what was what the fuck did we just see? What was that? You know, but as a whole, it is definitely intriguing. It is definitely intriguing, and I gotta say, right, dupe. She, oh, does a, a superb job. She really does a superb job as um, Shah because, like, this kid, there is a lot of sadness and longing, right? Longing for, it feels like, love and acceptance, Right, and that's there, but then these things happen, and you see it just glow and light up, and it's like that. Right, so you're just like, fuck. Kid just turned it on. Like she did a great job of really, you know, bringing this character to life. Right, I, I think everyone's, you know, really handles their role very well. Like Jay Jordan doesn't have a huge part, but you do see the concern, right? It does feel like a teacher trying to help. And then 
Caroline Bracken. Jeez. Jeez. But she has to kind of play this comatose, drugged up person who, yeah, on a flip of a dime, like the character can change. And, and she really does do it. You know, Ingrid Craig is fantastic as Rita. Now, we have some very good performances. Let's just say that, people. Let's just say that. So, you are not my mother. It is, you know what I mean? It's not your typical horror film, but it is definitely something that will engross you, have you thinking... So, people, if you get a chance, I would say it's worth a look, especially if you're a fan of uh, the psychological type of drama, right? It, yeah, if you like that, then I think you are not my mother. I think it will hit well for you. I think it will hit well. So, yeah, um, I don't know when it's going to get released, released, you know? But uh, I will say, if you do see it floating around the um, festival circuit, yeah, I would say it is worth checking out. Um, yeah, like, I know that it is, supposedly it's opening on the 10th of March in Russia. <laughs> so our Russian friends, people, you can you can watch it on the 10th of March. The rest of the world, who knows? But yeah, if, if you see it at a festival near you, go see what old Kate Dolan has done because boy, you are not my mother. It's all it's an intriguing, an intriguing little indie piece. <laughs> Okay, people, so there you go. There you go. We are done for another day. Hopefully, you enjoyed um, the Thoughts on the Queer Horror Shorts block, right? Now, remember, there are some other shorts playing, right? Um... What did, what else did we have? There's also um, Midnight. Midnight was the other block that was going down today. And people, you know what I mean? We'll probably get to those. We will get to the shorts that we don't cover each day. You know what I mean? We'll do a, a, a kind of a wind down. And then there was, you know, You Are Not My Mother. Right, everything was, uh, yeah, everything you definitely had to punch, you know what I mean? So, um, hey, if you're in Berlin enjoying it, great, great. Otherwise, people, you get the shorts on, um, you know, Final Girls, I think it's their Vimeo page. Is that how you say it? I think that's how you say it, but yes, go check it out. We got the links in the episode, so people go enjoy and we will see you tomorrow for more final girls berlin film action